welcome back to the Inner Calling Podcast. This is your host, Amanda Nafash. And today I am joined by Dominique O'Gorman, a medium. Welcome, Dominique. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So um, for those of you listening, I always like to give a little background knowledge on how I met or associate with our our guest of the month. So um, actually, I was lucky enough to be on a networking call with Dominique a couple months back. So shout out to Gabby at No Plan B Consulting for hosting all those amazing networking calls. I have come in contact with so many amazing entrepreneurs that way. Um, So I guess we'll just dive right into it because I know so many people are excited to hear your story, Dominique. So let's just start way back at the beginning. Uh, Tell me when you first or I guess, when you first started to um, notice your mediumship abilities. Yeah, absolutely. And it is absolutely fantastic. We have met some cool people through Gabby. So I love that I got to meet you through her. That's so great. Yeah. Um, So I have done this work my entire life. I realized at a very young age um, that I could see energies and see people that had crossed over. Um, I connected with my spirit guide as a very very young child and my family truly thought I just had an imaginary friend Mm -hmm. and um for the longest time um my family will even laugh about it now because I would get so mad that they wouldn't acknowledge him when he was in a room and I'm like you're so rude he's why are you not talking to him it used to bother me so much um and then I started kindergarten and my mom was like you can't tell people like if you see somebody's grandmother or mother standing beside them and you talk to them and they get upset you cannot do this at school. These are things. Mm. So I had to learn early, um, the separation of them. It wasn't until high school when I started doing it as like a job sort of after school, I would meet at the local pizza place or like a little, like at the time coffee shops weren't really a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, like little restaurants out here. And I would do readings for people after school. That's kind of how it turned into like a business, I guess. I still Mm -hmm. don't like using what I do. But yeah, I've always done this my entire life. I couldn't imagine doing anything different. I really couldn't. Wow. That's so cool. So how was it hard to differentiate at such a young age? Was it hard to differentiate the difference between, um, what's the word that you use for people have, who have passed on? Um, well, they've just transitioned over. They are still people. They are still souls. I think I have to remember we are all souls just if we're earth side, we're on a physical journey. Mm -hmm. So we are all souls. Um, so that's why I refer to everybody, whether they're living or not, is that they are their souls. Okay. Um, so when people transition to their next life, in my opinion, um, to me, it appears differently. Like I don't see a dead person standing in front of me. I see a person standing in front of me, but their energy is different. It's brighter. Um, you get these vibrant, um, it's almost like an aura almost, but it's like a vibrant wave around them. I don't necessarily see the colors per se, but it feels very different, um, than a human side soul. Yeah. So it sounds like from how you describe it, I mean, obviously they, they had to tailor it a bit, your family for, for school purposes, but it sounds like they were supportive. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I have such an odd family dynamic. I was not, I didn't realize I didn't have a normal family until I got older. My family was so weird. Um, (laughs) I went by my biological mother and then, um, I had two grandfathers that were not biologically related to me. They were just kind of always there. They were kind of like my mom's friends. They took care of her when she was younger. So I had one grandfather that was a Buddhist. I had one that's an atheist. And then I had my mom who was kind of like this rock and roll child stuck in the seventies that never came out. So I was more like her best friend. 
So that's how I was raised. So they were all about it. They were like, read all the books, go to seminars, watch Sylvia Brown. Like they were all about it. It was, it was a great way to grow up. I was very lucky. Wow. That's so cool. So I like, I love to hear that because so often we hear about people needing, like they, they know what the, what their passion is as a young child and then it gets like squashed and then they have to like revisit it a long time later and like heal all these things, but you were able to like harness it at like such a young age. That's so awesome. So after take us through maybe like one of the first, if you remember like this, any specifics of like one of the first clients when you were like in high school, when you started doing it after school, like what did it look like back then versus what a service looks like now? It was, it was very different. Um, my sessions before I would sit for two or three hours with a client. Cause it's a lot of that ego where, and a lot of people think ego means you think you're full of yourself, but ego comes in very different levels. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust that like what I was feeling was what I was really feeling And so I had to work through that a lot. Um, So I would sit with the client for two or three hours, but I feel like now a 45, one hour, one hour session. Now I will get 10 times more information to them than I would 20 years ago in a two hour session. Um, Understand it better. Now I can comprehend it differently. Um, But I remember when I was younger, I was probably about 14 at the time I had just gotten into high school and I met with another kid I was in school with and his mom was the one that wanted to come and I didn't realize it. And, um, it's just one of those things when she was talking to me, she was, you could tell she didn't really trust that this kid knew what they were talking about, you know? And I kept Mm. telling her brother and I was like, he's showing me this tree. He's showing me this tree. And she started crying and her brother had actually wrapped his car around a tree a couple years prior and her son had never met him. So he had died before he was born. So that was one really first like holy crap this is like I can help people heal from this before I was just you know I was a kid but when I realized the healing that could take place that's when my passion became like my soul's purpose I knew that's why I was here um and to this day my goal is to help people build their spiritual bridge from this side to the next so they can work through that grief process and if they can find healing in any way shape or form I think I've done my job and that's that's my whole purpose of doing this is helping people find their healing I think that's so amazing so um as for those of you listening who are avid listeners you know what I'm about to say next but uh what you just said it kind of inspired me to talk about the purpose of this podcast is so the um this is called the Inner Calling Podcast. My business is mm-hmm. called Inner Calling. And the definition of inner calling is when what you do to make a living makes you come alive. And it's really just about exactly what you were saying. Like when you find your purpose, you it like not, you can't stray away from it. Like you have to keep yeah. doing it because it's what you're supposed to do. And so um, thank you for saying that. It just was like confirmation ex- that we're exactly where we're supposed to be right this moment having this conversation. Um, <laughs> validate what you were just saying. It's so crazy because one of the trade-offs is I cannot connect with my own family like that have crossed over. I, I do not get warnings and signs. My mother died very unexpectedly in 2014 and I refused to do readings for five months. I was so mad at spirit. Like why didn't you, you can tell me stuff for you couldn't give me a heads up. You couldn't give, I was mm. so mad and I didn't do readings for five months. And it ate me alive. I was sick. I was physically ill. I mean, yes, I was missing my mother, but because I wasn't letting my soul do its job and it will physically like take its toll on you. So absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. You have to follow your soul's calling and you have to do your soul's work or it's going to eat you alive. You have to 
you have to trust it to do what it's got to do. Yeah. So, um, actually that, that just made me think, so I know that you have a lot of, you do a lot of talks on grief and mm-hmm. on, um, just like healthier, healthier ways to deal with grief and, and process grief and all that. So let's talk about that a little bit. Tell us about your perspective on grief. Um, so grief is one of these things that people think it's supposed to look a certain way, fit in a certain box and last a certain amount of time. And that's all just a trash conception. It's not, it's not real. Um, I'm actually working on a day camp for like teenagers and adults now for like a day grief camp. I want to start doing them quarterly so people can come and talk about it. Everybody's going to grieve differently. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And I always compare grief to like the ocean. That's why I host my day camps at the beach where we live Mm. because and it gives them that physical, like, this is what grief physically looks like. Some days you can stand like ankle deep and it feels okay. And you can go about your day. And then suddenly this wave will hit you and knock you to your knees And it's the most gut-wrenching feeling, like all your insides are out and your knees are getting scraped up by the rocks and sand underneath you. But you feel like you're going to drown. And then it kind of goes out a little bit. You can stand back up. But I think the best way for people to grieve is to talk about it. It's okay. It's not always going to be pretty. It's going to be nasty and ugly. And sometimes you're going to laugh and sometimes you're going to scream and you're going to want to cuss out your family members that are gone and what happened. That's all okay. Like, do it do it. Mm -hmm. You cannot bypass these things. You have to go through them. Um, again, we are a soul on a physical journey. And if you don't go through it, the lessons are going to keep repeating themselves until you process it. Um, and there's no timeline on grief. You can miss somebody from 20 years ago and be okay. And then suddenly it hits you and knock you on your butt all over again. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I just think grief is looked at, um, in such a weird framework way that I think we have to break that stigmatism. We have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And when we get there, we can start processing a little bit more. So I try to always hold space for people because you never know where they're at and what, what's going to help them or what they need to talk about. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of hold that space and make it and make people feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you have, so based on what you're saying on like your, how you, um, or like the purpose of your work, right? Like is, is to help mm-hmm. people in their grieving journey. So, and their healing journeys. So do you, uh, is your standard client someone who only comes once or do you have a lot of repeat? I have a lot of repeat clients. Um, and it's so interesting. I've had somebody ask me like, well, if they come once, they don't need to come to you again. And I'm like, I promise you, that's not how it works. I have mm-hmm. some clients one time and I'll never see them again. And then I have clients that I've had for years and about once every four or five months, they'll call me and be like, Hey, I want to grab a session with you. And the same thing's not going to come through every time. They're going to get a different perspective of whatever's going on in their life at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I love that. Um, one of my very regular clients that I've been seeing for a few years, she loves when I tell her story. Um, I do make a point to not share my client stories unless they ask me to, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a personal thing. Like it's an intimate moments they're sharing. But this woman, I absolutely adore her. Um, I went to her house a few years ago for one of my first big gallery readings. There's like 45, 50 people there. And she approached me at the very beginning. And she's like, I'm a very religious woman. I don't believe in this, but my friends want to have it here so you can use my space. And after about four and a half hours um, of watching the spirit move back and forth behind this woman, and she looked different every time, but I could tell that energy was the same. Um, 
I pulled her aside. I said, I know I'm not trying to push your boundaries, but I have to share this with you. And this girl that keeps coming by and she looks different every time wearing these crazy outrageous clothes. And she started sobbing. It's like, that's my daughter. She was special needs, nonverbal, but every day she would come out dressed in the most insane clothes with like neon green fishnet stockings and hot oh. pink polka dot shirt. And then the next day she'd come out with wigs and stuff. And to this day, I probably see her two or three times a year because she has me come in and sit with her. And she's like, this is what's going on in my life. I need some kind of different perspective. And what kind of messages can you get to help me get that perspective? So it's very interesting to me how that dynamic works. So I have clients that are repeats. I have clients that are referrals. And then I have these random people that find me on TikTok or Instagram. And they're great too. I love all my clients. They're great. That's really cool. So can you take us through like what, so, um, I know everybody has a different process, especially in our, in our current world right now, I feel like so many people are like readers of some kind, you know? So like, what is your process to, um, communicating and delivering messages, I guess. So when I sit down with clients, um, people are always super anxious and nervous, no matter how excited they are. When I sit down, they're always nervous. And I'm like, listen, I am the most awkward, weird, geeky person you'll meet. It's all good. Just be comfortable. I'm going to come in holding a nice coffee and probably ripped up jeans. I'm not mm-hmm. going to look, walk, or talk like anybody else in my line of work. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally I sit down and explain to them, I'm just a tool for spirit. I have no idea who, what, and when will come through for you during our session. But I will try to get as much through to you as possible. Um, I do sometimes use cards to kind of get a tone for the setting before I sit down with clients. Um, what I do is a lot of the time is I start off with a blank page and I start scribbling and it looks kind of, I put scratches all over paper. I don't, your client, your listeners won't be able to see it, but, um, I start scribbling and it ends up pretty much blackening the page with these little lines because it helps me kind of get the messages through. Um, we will, I do bone readings. I do palmistry readings, whatever my client requests because different people are interested in different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but it normally lasts 45 minutes. Um, at any point in time, they can say, hey, I don't want to talk about what's coming up and we'll just keep going. They're allowed to stop and ask questions. And then the last 15 minutes, they can ask whatever questions they want. And again, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the answers they're looking for, but I will do whatever I can to see what we get and pass on answers to the questions they have. And then it's pretty much wraps up. And I always check in with my clients a day or two later just to kind of see how they're feeling if they have questions or anything at all, I'm always open for my clients to reach out if they need anything or just want to talk about it. I try to always hold that space for them. That's really awesome. Um, I, so that's, it's interesting that like every, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Every person that comes to you needs something different and probably it comes through a little bit differently every, with every individual case. Um, so do, I know some people, when they go to mediums, they bring, like a piece of something like clothing or something that connects them to someone that they want to come through. Um, do your clients do that? Do you encourage that? Um, sometimes they do. It's not necessary for me. Some people that helps them a lot. Um, if you want to, I ask to not see it right away. Mm. There's absolutely an opportunity for you to share it with me and we'll see if maybe that time it might 
bring something through, it might make that soul easier to connect with. But I prefer not to see it. Um, just like when I meet with my clients, I ask for no information up front. The only thing I want from you is your first name, a contact number to confirm our appointment, and the location you want me to travel to if I'm having to sit down with you. The less information I have, the easier it is for me to give you an unbiased reading. I want no information in advance. Um, but if you want to bring an item or a picture, bring it. Just don't show it to me until we're into the session and I ask for it because it's just easier that way. For me, yeah. it is. So um, do you, I believe you're located in North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, I'm located in North Carolina, but I do travel for sessions. Um, Zoom is also an option. I have clients all over the world that we do sessions all the time. So there's always opportunities. If you want a reading, there, there's ways to do it. I also offer um, like tarot readings for people who want a reading, but aren't really quite ready for a sit down or know if they're ready for like a sit down mediumship reading. Mm. And I do the Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. I'll do them about once a month and I'll do like tarot card readings or whatever for like 20, 25 bucks. I never want somebody's healing to be stunted by their financial situation. So I have something to make sure everybody can have something if, if that's what they're ready for. Yeah. That's amazing. Your services are so accessible, which I think is something that's that's becoming more and more rare in this industry, which is unfortunate. But um, it's nice to talk to people who are still <laughs> still considering fairness and all of that. Um, I hate charging money for my services, but since I do do it full time, I had to eventually start charging something. And even then, I try very much to keep it within financial, like you know, that so anybody can afford. I really do try to. Yeah. So when we were on our, um, our connection call a couple months back, I remember talking to you about, um, you had a tarot or an Oracle deck that you made. Is that correct? I've been working on several of them. There was one released a while ago. Um, I think it's something I'm always constantly working on. I'm always trying to find ways for people to connect. However's going to meet them, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to meet them where they're at. And we also do workshops where you can create your own own tarot deck. So by the time you're done workshop, they've hand created it. So they feel that connection more and it's a whole lot easier for them to understand and do a reading for themselves or other people when they created it. Yeah. That's so awesome. Um, I, I just wanted to talk about that because your mediumship is not like, it, it's not like as, as, um, as narrow as like oh, some other people, when they say mediumship, they just do mediumship, but you have like a lot, your hands in a lot of places, which is really cool. You've tr- tried a lot of mediums out. Right. Um, mediumship is where my heart is at. Um, but I do sometimes, I mean, I've, I started doing tarot readings forever ago because that's what I thought we were supposed to do and all that sort of things. Um, I was, I had a mentor that taught me how to do bone readings, which is one of the oldest divination arts you could possibly find. And um, I adore that set I've had for years now and I really adore it. Um, but they are very different. A lot of people think a medium that you're X, Y, and Z, but a medium is very different than somebody that only does tarot or a psychic. And like a psychic is not necessarily a medium, but a medium can do those other things because you have that other channel. So mm. people, it can get, if you're not really aware of it, it can be, it can be confusing. I can see why some people have lots of questions. I mean, I have questions all the time. Yeah. So, so um, I want to ask you, so, you know, I, I feel like everyone's 
the most broad like understanding of a medium is like what we would see on TV or something. Right. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's celebrity mediums and there's, and there's a lot of scam artists out there in, in all fields. So mm-hmm. um, from your position, like what's something you would suggest for people who are like maybe seeking medium services, like to look out for. I am probably one of the biggest skeptics you will ever meet. I do not trust 90% of the people in this business. I just don't. I know there's too many people that prey on people's grief Mm -hmm. just to make money. And it infuriates me beyond belief. It's absolutely frustrating. My number one piece of advice is do not go in blindly and do do not trust anybody blindly. Like do not believe everything blindly do not feed into them as soon as they say something don't be like oh my gosh yes and this and this no no no. don't don't do that don't give them all that information because people are really good at reading people like you Mm -hmm. can read expressions and the way they hold themselves and the tenor of somebody's voice that's real easy um but do not go in giving them a ton of information and do not believe blindly what they are saying trust your gut your gut and your instinct has lifetimes worth of wisdom and knowledge and experience Trust it. If something don't feel right, trust it. It's It's got way more experience than the fleshy shell you're cruising around in. So just because you're desperate for healing, do not believe people blindly. Trust your instincts. You have to. I love a good skeptic. Those are my favorite. I love reading skeptics. Hands down. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a good day. Please, please, please. They're my favorite. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, I do card readings um, and I, I'm, I'm ver- very new to it, like within two years. Um, but I definitely feel like I'm very intuitive with it. I don't do readings as far as like by the book or like by the, by the suit or anything. Books in the way. Do not use those books. Yeah. No. Yeah. um, But so like I've, I've, I have to say like, it's, it's really, I mean, obviously one for for selfish purposes, it's very rewarding to read a skeptic and have it go well. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But two, it's also like, it feels rewarding in a sense of, of like watching, like I actually last night did a reading for somebody who said the last, the last like five readings she's gotten have like pissed her off because she felt like she didn't trust the person. So she didn't like let her guard down enough to get the reading. And, uh, she, she like really enjoyed and like got a lot out of the reading that I gave her. And she was like, I feel like you weren't trying to bullshit me at all. And I was like, why would I try to do that? (laughs) You'd be surprised. There's some crazy people out there. It's crazy. And it's very like, trendy right now this work yeah. is super trendy the last couple of years and I'm glad that there's an awakening happening but at the same time with this awakening there's a whole lot of scam artists and oh my goodness if you don't trust it like it's okay to be like you know what this isn't for me and get up and walk away yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um so at all so um when you are I'm switching gears a little bit because this question just came in and when you are like just and having a regular day, not at, at quote unquote work, right? But you're walking around mm-hmm. town and you see a soul around somebody. Um, what is your go-to to be like, that person did not come to me for services, so I'm not getting involved or? Yes, I am not a Long Island medium. I'm not going to walk up to somebody. <laughs> like, no, I don't work like, and that's cool that some people do that. That's fine. But that's not how I work. Um, Cause I know not everybody's in the headspace for it. We don't know what's going on in their lives. It may completely go against their religion or their belief. And that's not my place to mm-hmm. invade their personal 
space. I have probably, I can count on my fingers how many times I've broken my own rule and been like, had a full argument with myself for a good 10 minutes and been like, okay, I have to do this because that spirit is going to follow me home and harass me until I do this. So I <laughs> have to do it. Um, but I can count on my fingers how many times in 25 years I've done that. Um, okay. But I've been very lucky um, where that person has been open to it. And I always ask them in advance because I just, you just never know. You just, it may be fresh for them. It may be something that they are not wanting to talk about. And that's okay. That's completely okay. I would never, ever push this work on anyone. That's, Mm -hmm. that's hard. That's bad karma. Don't do that. That's. mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's really cool. I, 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 reason I was asking that too, is because I have watched so many medium shows and I've seen them do that. And I've been like, how do you like, like that's a big, I feel like it's just a big risk. Just like to go up to somebody and be like, did someone pass in your family? You are opening <laughs> up to some craziness. Like you don't, don't do that. That's dangerous. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess like, well, like one of my, one of my big like ending questions is so like, what do you have like a, a quote unquote craziest story or like most mind blowing story that has happened to you that you want to share. I'm sure you have so many actually. I've I've got a few and I love them. They're always my favorite. And that's one thing I think my clients have always been like, I'm so comfortable with you because afterwards, like I'm, like I said, I never know what's going to come up. So when something crazy comes up, I'll be like, Holy shit. Oh my God. Did that just happen? (laughs) They're like, I know. I'm like, I know that's crazy. Um, I have that normally once a reading, um, craziest, craziest. Um, I have two that really stick out besides, besides my client I mentioned earlier. Um, she is the only spirit that has stuck with me that my spirit guide has been like, this girl ain't going nowhere. She, she will still show up. The girl that was running back and forth behind her mom to this day. If she shows up during the morning, I'm like, my calendar just got cleared because my day's about to get crazy. Cause she likes to make me connect dots in weird ways. She likes to make me work for it. Um, <laughs> But the two that I think the most humbling experience I've had is somebody reached out a couple years ago and she'll get on, she's commented on my TikTok a whole lot. And, um, you can see her mentioned several times. She asked me about a friend that died and it was so weird. Normally like a spirit will come to me and it's fine and I can, it's great. But this girl just kept showing me sitting her sitting beside a between like a car, the end of a car and a tree in this big field. And I couldn't hear her. Normally I hear them. Um, I feel them, but it was like a big glass wall was in front of me, like between us. And Mm. that was new. I had never experienced. I was like, why don't, I don't understand. Like all I could see was her hair blowing and her just looking at me. And I was like, I don't, this is weird. And after five days, I called my friend back. I said, I've never had to do this, but I don't, I don't know what she's trying to tell me. I'm like, but I see her, but I don't understand. And in a split second, that wall crashed down and I heard this blood curdling scream like I've never heard before. And the car caught on fire and it all just went up in flames. And the girl walked me through her death and it was very horrific. And um, I explained to I don't know what kind of trigger warnings you have for your stuff. So I don't know if you want to talk about the details of it, but um, it was a very horrific death and it was terrible. And when I told my friend, this is what she just walked me through. She said, that's exactly what happened. And we were curious if she was alive or not when she was put in the car. And I was like, she was definitely alive when she was put in the car. And I think that was something that spirit had to remind me, like, you have no control over this. And it's these humbling moments Mm. that are like, you were not 
I'm not the special one here. I'm just a voice box. And to this day, whenever like I have a whole lot of readings go really well and I get booked up four or five months in advance, I always think back to that. Like you always have to remain humble because the minute you don't remain humble, it can be gone like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was probably the most crazy one. Um, And the one that happened most recently to this day, I crack up. It happened about three weeks ago. Um, a woman contacted me about her son's passing and she, please talk about him, talk about him because he's hilarious. And she talked about her son's passing and she scheduled another session about two weeks later with her brother, um, which would be the young man's uncle. And he was a huge skeptic. I love them, but he was like, mm-hmm. well, I just want you to know, I don't really believe this. So if this is real, what color was his favorite car? I'm like, I don't know what color his favorite car is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. And I said, but what he is showing this like little red ATV, not like a four wheeler or three, three wheeler, like a little ATV and him spinning up on a road and almost going over the edge and him having that, Oh shit moment. That was too close. And he cracked up. He's like, that was his red go-kart. That was exactly what, that's not the car. But that's the, I remember the day that happened. Mm-hmm. And he laughed about it, said, well, one more question. He's like, what food did he always ask me to make him? And I'm like, I don't know. Like people want specific signs. Like, I, I don't know. But what he is showing me is him pulling up. Like we live at the beach. Like we have roadside seafood stands everywhere here. Mm-hmm. Like just pull up. And I was like, he's showing me pulling up to this truck to get something, but it's not like shrimp or fish. Like you can get crabs, shrimp and fish anywhere here just pull up on any roadside stand but he's pulling something out of a crate but this is not fish or shrimp I don't not I have no clue what this is and it baffled me and he's like oh my god that's wild and I was like can you just tell me because I don't know what this thing is I don't know what it is and he said I was going to culinary school and he came in and I was like ask me to make anything you want and I'll make it and he looked at me and he said sea urchin and I was so mad and it became like a running joke and I was like what the hell's a sea urchin? So I had to Google what it was. And I was like, yeah, that okay, cool. So those are the fun, like, what the hell moments we get. And I'm like, I, I love them. They're the best. They're the best. I love those moments. But that happens on a weekly basis, like with my clients. It's the yeah. coolest job to have is sharing these moments. And it's fantastic. I wouldn't trade it for the whole world. It's fantastic. That is so awesome. Thank you for sharing those stories and for sharing like the spectrum of, of like just how different the, like every situation is. It's so crazy. I never know what to expect. And I love that about my job. Like you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, okay. So I guess one of my last questions before we talk about how people can find you, cause I know a lot of people are going to want to find you after this conversation. Um, yeah. one of my last questions for you is, Um, if someone out there is sort of like just tapping in to these abilities, what is your like words of wisdom for them? Um, you're going to, I will tell you what I was told by my father figure growing up. And he always told me, if you're going to walk this path, you have to be prepared for it to be a lonely one. And I didn't understand that as a child but as an adult I can see you will begin to see people for who they really are not the mask that they wear in front of you so be prepared for that if you're not prepared for that Mm. don't go job um but you also have to trust your instinct and let go of what the outside world has told you up until now you have to really just be able to be to be comfortable sitting sitting by yourself and listening to your soul if you cannot 
if you just run with like the pretty commercial side, it's not going to be for you. So be comfortable being by yourself and sitting alone and listening to your soul. It's got a lot of great advice, but you have to be willing to listen to it and put aside all your preconceived notions of what this work is. Cause it is nothing what Hollywood and what books make out. It's not, that's not it. Um, there's some phenomenal authors and there's a few fantastic practitioners that we have in the media. Um, of course, you can grab any Sylvia Brown book. You can grab any James Bond prog book. Tyler Henry is huge right now. Mm-hmm. And I adore this boy with my whole heart. I think that he is doing phenomenal work. Um, Chip Coffee is like, he's like my like fangirl moment. I would literally give my left foot to have a reading done by <sighs> him. He has some phenomenal books out about children and young adults wanting to grow their gift. Check out those books. They're fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But um, just trust your instincts and like put aside your preconceived notions. That's the best thing. And find somebody that you trust and like watch them, see how they work. Um, and of course, I, I love having people send me questions. They can reach out to me anytime. And if I can answer my will, and if not, I will send you in a direction where you can find an answer. That's Amazing. So for, for people who do want to reach out to you, uh, just hit us with mm-hmm. your social media, your best contact information. Uh, Instagram, it's Dominique, um, dot medium on TikTok, It's the same thing on Facebook. It's Dominique medium and spiritual, uh, practitioner. I am everywhere, like absolutely everywhere. So whatever works for you, you can email me, um, anything I have. I, I try to be accessible to everybody regardless where they're at. Some people, you know, don't do social media, send me an email. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on here and sharing your story, Dominique. And and thank you all for listening. Um, thank you so much fun. I really appreciate you and, and your authenticity. And it, it's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I love to be here. This is one of my favorite, favorite parts of my job, to be completely honest, is just listening to other people's <laughs> stories. Um, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Inner Calling Podcast, and we will see you again next month. Bye.